hope you're having a great day. It's Carmen and York. Matt Eberflus officially announcing that Justin Fields is being shut down with a hip slash groin injury. He's not going to play in Week 18. Bears a big underdog, uh, as you'd expect. I don't know that the Vikings are going to play a lot of guys either. They're beat half to hell on their O-line. They're down to their third-string center, Yerk. Brian O'Neill, who left last week's game, their right tackle is probably not going to play. I think they've already. I think Kevin O'Connell already said there's no reason to risk further injury with Brian O'Neill, who who had to leave after about five snaps, I think, on a Sunday in Green Bay. So he won't play. They're kind of all beat up too. There's there's not much on the line. Don't know how much we'll see Justin Jefferson. There's not a whole uh, a lot on the line for the Vikings. Let me correct something I said. I apologize. We, we were looking at Aaron Donald's pro football yeah. page, what and I, see? I saw the bold. Uh, he is a three-time defensive player of the three year. Three-time. The, um, the other thing I was looking at was his rookie year. He was the defensive rookie of the I year. Gotcha. So I, gotcha. I apologize because I said, man, four. Has anybody yeah. ever won four? Nobody ever has. The only guys that ever win three defensive player of the year awards in the NFL are the guys we guessed. J.J. Watt who's another lock, surefire, right. first ballot Hall of Famer. And LT. And LT. That's it. Uh, those three. And, you know, you throw Reggie White in there and maybe Dion. Uh, you could be talking about, like, the five greatest defensive players to ever play the game. So, rightfully so. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to correct that. I, I'd seen that that highlighted section, but that was his rookie year when he won um, defensive rookie of the year. So, all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more about Fields' this year. I want, to, um, I want to throw a few things at you. I'm listening. Numbers. I'm I listening. Want, and I'm I want your trained eyes to kind of walk us through the year a little bit. First of all, Fields and the entire offense were objectively terrible last week yes. in Detroit. Yeah. Against one of the well, worst defenses in the league. The first quarter, they played well. So given uh, the first quarter, right. the final three quarters, they didn't play well. Um, listen, York, he was quarterback 30 out of 30. Um, and the reason uh, it's uh, out of 30 is because of the suspended game, obviously. Right. Um, he was quarterback 30 out of 30 in Week 17 in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. He was quarterback 29 out of 30 in adjusted EPA per play. Only Davis Mills was worse. Um, so it was bad. If I'm going to throw out that data point, all right, and I'm going to look at the good chunk. And I could be cherry-picking here a little bit. I right. mean, I, I get it. We get it. But you've got to make a point. I'm here. trying so to make a point. you're making a point. So weeks 7 through 16 this year, Yerko, Justin Fields played eight games. He missed the game because of the injury. Remember the shoulder. There was right. a bye week in yep. there. Yep. So if you're wondering how do you only get eight games out of that sample, Justin played eight games or almost half a season, weeks 7 through 16. In that span... Out of 36 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL, he was QB number nine in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. He was 12th in adjusted EPA per play. Four of the eight defenses he played in that stretch, York, rank inside the top five in defensive DVOA. Those defenses were the Cowboys, and he shredded them. We were at that game. We were like, man, nobody's done this to the Cowboys, D. The Cowboys, the Patriots, their last win, sadly, back in October. The Bills and the Eagles. The average rank of the eight defenses he faced in that span were 13th. So it was a top half of the schedule. And again, four of the eight defenses all rank inside the top five in defensive DVOA. So, yeah, maybe I'm cherry-picking some of the data, and I admittedly am. The early part of the season was pretty awful. But Justin did make some strides. Not only did he electrify us with his runner, but he did make some strides as a passer. He's got a long way to go. But do you see it with your eyes the same way that he kind of flipped the script here a little bit and went from those first few weeks where we were like, oh, good God, to wait, there's something here and you could potentially build around Justin Fields. So the decision you've got to make on him doesn't happen until after next year. That's true. That's the decision. 
are we going to pick up that fifth-year option on Justin Fields? Coming into the year, I said all I needed to see was improvement. I saw improvement. Everybody wants to say, well, he's one of the more dynamic players in the league. He was running the ball. No denying it. Too bad he's not a running back. Right. He's not a running back. He's not Saquon Barkley. <laughs> no, he's not. No. The guys you want running the ball are him. They, he knows it, though. I, he knows But it. to know. to be able to be somewhat competitive this year, they had to change it up. They had to utilize him as a runner. So, did I see enough? Yes. And there were specific signs that I saw that I've mentioned over the course of the time you and I do in the show during the football season. Yes, but, but, and it's a big but. But. There's a lot of improvement still needs to be made. That improvement doesn't start in training camp. That improvement starts when you come back and you start looking at the films, you start dissecting everything, and you start becoming more familiar with your wide receivers and the wide receiver room it's going to be in May. Mm. You become familiar with your guys in the off-season program, but starting in May when you get all your rookies in here, that's when you start to become comfortable with those guys. And you've got your OTAs, your on-field experiences, you've got films, you've got your quarterback communicating with his people. This is where I'd like you, along with the wide receiver coach, the offensive line, I mean the offense coordinator. This is where we need to be. This is how we need to be it. This is why we need to do it. This is it. And that's where the building begins, and that's hopefully where a gigantic step gets taken in the offseason. So, yeah, I'm not worried about my quarterback right now, but... If we're next year and we're at the same place and the same level of, of development at the end of next year, or the as passing we are, offenses as anemic, right, yeah. as we are this year, now you've got a major problem. Yeah. Now yeah, you've got yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. You've got a dilemma. You've got a decision. God, I make. hope that's not the That case. doesn't have to happen for another year. Actually, another 14 months. I know, but it still sort of feels like, boy, it'd be, and you're right. But man, it feels you'd be going back to square one. You hey, know, if you had, if this was the end of the third year, you'd be saying, I'm not picking up the option. Yes. Okay? But it's not. It's after year two. Okay? With the recognition that the talent level here is not good enough. It's not. At every other position. And that's fine. Okay, that's where you're at. That's where you're at. It's it's okay. That's just where you're at. Brandon's in Fort Campbell on ESPN 1000 with Carmen New York. Brandon, what up? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, guys. And I completely agree. Uh, Yeah. He's not going to get anything out of this game. He's He's been banged up, beat up. We need to look at the future. And you're right, that third year is so important. But one thing I've been hearing in all the radio shows, things that makes me a little nervous, and I, and I get we want to put talent around fields, and yes, we need it. But I'm really worried and scared that we're going to neglect another part of this team that really needs and could utilize a lot of help from that second pick or first pick is the defensive line. Sure. What do you guys think, like – do you think defensive line needs to be presidents, or do we need to put that talent around? Because I've been hearing what y'all are saying about all these potential trades and all this going on. What do you think takes number one president? Well, it looks like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson are going to be the guys that are there, and they're going to have to make a decision whether they want the big defensive tackle or whether they want the other guy. I, I think mean, that's, that's where they're I at. Think, yeah. Brandon, thanks, buddy. I think Yurko's right. If they stay with the – let's say they have the first or second pick. Let's say they don't – botch this by winning this weekend and then you know denver were to lose and arizona were to lose they could fall all the way to four um if the bears are one or two and they stay there uh, i think you're exactly right you're picking one of those two players uh i didn't think jalen carter had a particularly great game on saturday i think maybe we should go back and watch a little bit more closely and we could sit down and watch with you um, I thought Jalen Carter actually popped in the last couple games of the season. It looked like he was finally healthy, you know, and that Georgia pass rush started looking a little bit more ferocious. 
I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, I don't know because I, I, I haven't rewatched that game yet. I don't think he was all that noticeable. Um, I didn't pay nearly as close of attention to the Bama game. It seemed like every time I did take a look at them, they were on offense and Bryce Young was scoring, which was great. So uh, I, I don't I don't want to speak on Will Anderson's game just yet, on the last data points anyway. But I think you're absolutely right. If they stay there, they're addressing their defensive yeah. line, which is bad with one of those two players, right. Yerk. Uh, and not only that, Carm, when you take a look at the guys that are there, you you never overreact to one game. I, you're yeah, totally that's right. What I'm I, you're totally right. So you look at the, you look at it all, and you look at him against some of the top players that he plays against. He's in the SEC, of course. Yes, so he's going to be playing against some pretty damn good players. Both those players, yeah, in the SEC, 100. So you you take a look at his game, you see the level at which he plays. Um, you know, the college kids still they're still young men. They they've got distractions. Oh sure, you know, and you hope when you get them to the NFL, those distractions have a tendency to dissipate. What are your distractions, girlfriend? Family, you know, a grades that they, they, they all could be distractions. Yeah, all of them, and then that affects uh, performance sometimes on the football field. That's why when you get them all, get them in the NFL, you want to say, "Hey, this is business. This yeah. is your focus." Right. When you're here, focus on football. When you're away from here, handle your business. That's why most athletes are happiest when they're at the facility. Oh, I bet. I bet there's less distraction yeah. usually. Right. I, I totally agree with you too about like be you. You've got to be careful to not, um, like put too much emphasis on that last data point, right? Or that greatest data point or that worst data point. You know what I think does naturally happen though a lot of times, even though they're supposed you know, they they should be smart intelligent football people running these things. I think sometimes they do. It's why I think what happened over the weekend was great for the Bears the way Bryce Young and CJ Stroud played. I think it was actually yeah. great for the Bears. Yeah. Because I think people Bryce might... Young is number one now in one of the mock drafts, mock drafts I looked at, and C.J. Stroud is number five. They both played great, though. Like, C.J. was awesome in that game. Yeah. And that could benefit the Bears picking one or two where somebody says, no, we've got to go up and we've got to get C.J. Like, look, and here right. we go. And, you, like, you need that team that's got multiple picks but yeah. don't have multiple picks at, like... Eight and twenty-seven. Right, you don't want that. that I agree. Doesn't help me. That doesn't help you. Yeah, we're gonna have to start looking at that value chart exactly. Well, you listen, know, you like Skaronsky's at ten. You look at it. I uh, wanted to mock drafts. So I looked at boy Skaronsky's that high. Yeah, wow. Tenth player taken overall. Wow. The TCU kid, the wide receiver, doesn't go into like twelve. I love him. You're right, but so, I love I mean, to kill Harry in college, the, the, so I better be right, careful. There's an <laughs> offensive tackle, Carm. There's your wide receiver later on in the draft. After that, you get the corners and safeties yeah, yeah. and such. The Bears don't need corners and safeties and such. You'd probably use a corner, but yeah. they're not going to spend a first-round pick on a corner, I wouldn't think. This has no. got to be a pass rusher, an yeah. O-lineman, a receiver, right? Yes. It's got to be one those of those three. three. Those are the glaring I, ones. I can't imagine it they being They were smacking else. you in the eyes. Now, yeah. Fletcher Cox is available. Yeah, but man, but he, has not, he has not looked good this year. Long in the tooth. Yeah. Javon Hargrave is available with Philadelphia, too. Yes. He's 29. Yeah. Going to be 30, be 31 next Der- year. Deron Payne's an interesting one. Yeah. He's, come, he's down the list. I see him. Now, they're only rated on salaries. So that's where they're at. He's making $3 million now this year. And they got an estimated market value of at $14.2 million. Is that for Deron Payne? Deron Payne, yeah. yes. He'd, out of be, Alabama. He'd, he'd be interesting. First-round pick. He's going to be a free agent. He's got five years in the league. 
That's what you're looking at, Deron Payne. If you get a guy like that, then you're doing something different in the draft. Maybe you are still going edge rusher, but it takes you out for Jalen Carter, I would think. That's why I like it that the Bears get to address some of their needs in free agency first. I think the NFL does that right. All right, we got Bears calls and NFL calls rolling in. What do you think about the Bears' decision? Are you relieved? Uh, 312-332-3776. It's Carmen in York. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Uh, We're going to grab some calls and then uh, I do want to hit on a few other things before crosstalk. We could talk about some other stuff. Uh, we haven't talked. To, oh, no, we did talk about Donovan, Donovan Mitchell and the seven. Uh, not Wendell's really. Back. We really didn't. We had a nice montage that Chris Black put, and together. we never even played it. We've been we so bear centric. Yeah. Like now, the decision is official on fields. I mean, that takes precedent. I get it. I do want to just uh, at some point, you know, the, the Bulls like they got their own issues. But the last two games, they were like right there with the Cavs in both games, and both times probably got victimized by bad calls. I mean, the game here before the New Year. The league said in the two, what do they call it? The final two-minute report? Yes. Remember the league? Yeah. They're like, yeah, there should have been a foul called on Karis And there should have been a travel. Well, should there have been a travel, too? They said there was a travel and a lane violation. Oh. Those were the two things that I heard this morning. Well, the the first game that was here before the New Year, DeMar Rosen got fouled on his last shot. And the league came out and said a foul should have been called. They lost by, what, a point? I got you. Then the the lane violation. Right. It's like, what? So (laughs) with the lane violation, there was a travel earlier, too. Okay, there was. So not on that play, but earlier they also had a travel call. Officiating stinks. Which doesn't help you. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for you. The Bulls got a hose twice. Can I take this time to compliment somebody? Uh, yes, please. I want to compliment the Chicago Blackhawks. They have <laughs> done it right. It's awesome. They have done it right. They are awful. Yes. They have made this place so unattractive that we're hoping that Patrick Kane and Johnny Taves now will go. Because Taves still has value as a guy at the faceoff dot. Sure. He's winning probably at about 60%, if I'm not mistaken. 60% at the dot he's winning. Remember when they brought John Madden in at the end oh, of the career? Yes. John Madden wasn't nearly as useful as Johnny Taves still is. But they would put Madden and Taves out on the ice together. What a good year, actually. And if Taves, Taves, yeah. if Taves would get kicked out of the right. dot, Madden would be there. Wouldn't he draw? He'd skate straight to the bench. He's at 64%. I mean, that's, that's uncanny. Huge. Any team in the playoffs. That's huge. Any team in the playoffs would look at how he's at the face off dot. And they said, we need that guy. Uh, Kaner got hurt yesterday. He left in the third period. He didn't Kaner got back. hurt. Yeah, well, he didn't play in the third. His feelings? I don't think his feelings no, got hurt. his feelings didn't get hurt. I was think it was something else. else. But, no, you're right. Um, they're, they're on track to win yeah. this lottery. Yes. Uh, which, you know, okay, we could have two number one overall picks. But they, the Hawks set out about the business of rebuilding. They even used the yes. word. Most pro franchises like to avoid that. Right. They use the word. That said, I'm still going to a game soon. I'm taking yeah, the family. I told you I was going to go to a game too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go as long as the tickets are free. I'm going to a game. You know, I, a... I'm not paying for anything. <laughs> I'm not. I love. Your I honesty. won't pay. I paid. I, I love your oh, eight to fifteen. I paid. <laughs> That's true. I'm not paying for anything. Do you know how I'm much stop money and eat beforehand? Yes. That way, the kid, my, my daughter didn't say, "Hey, Dad, I want a, a, no. a churro." Uh, no. no, nothing. 
We'll um, eat. We'll leave at the end of the second and the third when the Hawks are down seven to one, and we'll go get something to drink afterwards. I too, I'm going to try to get free tickets, but you know they have a Saturday home game next week. Oh, problem is there's going to be a NFL game on that night. Yeah. There's going to be a playoff game, but I, they have a Saturday home game against the Kraken. Eddie O will be in but town. I'm thinking about going to that game. With I the want kids. to acknowledge the yeah. fact that the Blackhawks are doing it right. Yeah. I, I know that's oh, not doing, doing it right. That's not doing anything for you guys over there. They're awful. I also had the chance and the opportunity to hear the voice of the great Pat Foley. He uh, was yes. doing the winter game. Yes, the, the game, game at Fenway. Yes, Boston and uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, that was the game. I am telling you, man. When I heard it, it, it uh, I perked up in my seat, in my driver's seat. Right. And I turned it up a little bit louder. And then I heard the man, a professional, He's doing a hockey game. Phenomenal. He's all time, dude. How has Boston stayed so good? I mean, well, they had a couple down years. Okay, yeah, they had two. a couple down years. Yeah, the Hawks are going on five. Tooling is sixty three still on their team. That little pain in the rump. Yeah, he's still there. What a jerk! Now, granted, they haven't gotten out of the second What's round. His name? What's his uh, name? You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of uh, the the rat, Brad yeah. Marchand. Brad oh, Marchand. I hate yeah, him. I hate him too. Is he? Uh, yeah, he's sixty three. Thirty seven's uh, Bergeron. Right? Pierre. Well, listen, Bergeron came over from. Philadelphia. Uh, did he? Yeah. Remember. remember Bergeron was with Philadelphia? I was don't Bergeron that. and uh, Claude, Claude something or another? I don't another? think so. Bergeron, what? Patrice Bergeron was not with Philadelphia <laughs> when Philadelphia was in the playoffs I, in 2010? I, We're playing against the Blackhawks? I don't believe so. I don't All think right, he's ever been. He's drafted 45th overall by Boston. By Boston. Yeah, he's been Boston his whole career. And I'm wrong. So yeah, who's the guy that was the Selkie Award winner over there? Uh, they had somebody that was with, good right in the middle. With Claude Giroux and, uh, God, the 2010 Flyers team that the Hawks beat? Yeah. Um, are you thinking of, like, uh, are you thinking of Scott Hartnell maybe was no, on that team? No, he's who a jerk. Did? Redheaded jerk. Uh, I don't know who you're thinking of. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll find it. Who's the guy you said, Claude who? Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux. Maybe it was Giroux I'm yeah. thinking of. You Jeff might Carter. No, that's not him. Mike Richards. No, anyway, none of those guys. Um, you're right. Danielle Briere. Oh, Danny Briere. Oh, there you go. it was there Danielle Briere. Danielle Briere. Yeah, sorry. Hey, we just gave you a Philadelphia Flyers moment here. <laughs> I don't know, but how about, like... The Hawks are team by Philly Cheesesteaks. Miserable. Like they're, they're, but maybe they'll, they'll, this will all I pay off it. if they yes. get the number one pick. And I if, love it. Let's get something back for Taves and Kane. Thank you for the three well, Stanley they, Cups. They've got to want to go, go Yerk. participate in the playoffs, for Christ's sake. they got sake. no trade clause. What are you doing? they got to want to go. So they we'll go. you got a chance to be in the playoffs again. Uh, listen, I'm not Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. No, uh, what happened? I, I wish I could play hockey like Patrick Kane, but I, I, I wish I could too. I can't. They I, lose their hunger. I don't know. Come Sometimes on. you get comfortable. Go win another one. You might just want a beer. His family's here. Chase them out of town. That's what I plan on doing. <laughs> Go win another. Find out where the kids are going to school and uh, get them ex- excommunicado. <laughs> excommunicado. Excommunicado. Um, and then the Nets are in town tonight. The Nets haven't Nets. lost. Since December fourth, we saw our guy Nick Friedel. Ta- I love wow. Nick. Uh, as I love everybody Nick knows, you know, he had a good holiday. Did you see that the waistline on him? All right, oh, why my do you have to be such a heavens. jerk? My, I, I mean, are you him. one to talk exactly soda. about waistlines? I was going to tell him about soda. <laughs> good friends, S O T A. Soda is state of the art. Yeah, yeah nah. need to talk I, I got to bust. His I love chops. Nick. I love him too. Nick's one of my all-time favorite people. He's dialed um, in too. He's dialed into the Nets. Boy, I mean, you talk about covering a drama-filled oh, team, boy. and you know, then Nick does ESPN stuff. He covers them for you know, he covers the Nets for ESPN. They love drama. 
I mean, they, they live, it's all the network lives for. It's all the, the TV shows that, you know, the, the Stephen A and the rest of them live for. And boy, do they have it with that Knicks team. And now that they're good again, but they're like, every one of them is just walking on eggshells that at any moment, Kyrie can completely blow this thing to smithereens. At any single moment. And I was, we were joking with Nick about it. And he, he's like, oh, you think you can sense it? It's palpable. I mean, you talk about a team that's just thick, an entire organization thick. walking on eggshells. Like, how do we not screw it up? Nobody look at, don't look Kyrie in don't the look eye. Him, don't look him in the Let's eye. Let's shut down his social media accounts if we can without him knowing. Don't put a microphone in front of his face. Please, Kyrie, don't blow it to smithereens. That's what they're thinking right now. But they're good, man. Yeah. And KD... It's an it's a pretty interesting uh, MVP race right now in the NBA. I mean, you, you can got make Doncic up there. Dude, you got Durant, Doncic, Durant. You just named two. Giannis, Joker. Although I don't think he'll win because yeah. they don't give it three years in a right, row. Right, right. Um, What's the Joker Embiid, doing? Oh, Joe, dude, he's unbelievable. Yerk. I look him up. I look him up. Giannis, you see Giannis last night. I watched some of that game. Yeah, they beat um, the they beat uh, the Wizards last night. He had fifty five. Do you know? He's got three straight 40, 10, and 5 games. Only the fourth player in history to ever do that. Three straight 40, 10, and 5 games. Giannis, uh, the others won't surprise you, I don't think. Elgin Baylor. Right. Wilt and uh, Russell Westbrook. And George Mikan. Not George Mikan. Okay. Just those four. I got you. Um, so you've got like four. Uh, did we mention Embiid? you got like four or five guys yeah. that could be the good, NBA it's MVP. It's real solid. good. Yeah. It's real good right now. Uh, let's grab some more Bears calls. How about Ray and Joliet? What's up, Ray? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, you know, I, with the way the Bears and Vikings are kind of approaching this game this weekend, I kind of feel like it'd be more entertaining for everyone if, like, just Mount Carmel played St. Paul, <laughs> Creighton, Durham this, this Sunday on the lakefront. I think that would be more compelling than anything the Bears and Vikings are going to throw out there. But, um like you I'm know, more I, compelled, I, Ray. I'm more compelled to watch Texans Colts because I want to cheer for the Texans to beat them. You know, like yeah. at, at this point, yeah, that's no. more important, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as far as Fields goes, my my take on this is he's he's done enough this year to warrant a third year with a vastly improved roster next year, which hopefully should happen with a potential draft hall and the, the cap space they have going into next year. Um, but I will say if he continues to struggle at this point next year, the Bears have to do everything mm. they can to be in a Michaela Williams sweepstakes in 2024. Mm. I don't know if they're going to – yeah, I know. And I don't know if they're going to be that – Bad again. I mean, maybe they will be if he doesn't get any better, Ray. That's interesting. Yeah, Caleb Williams, of course, who's going to, you know, he just won the Heisman. He's going to probably be, uh, I can't imagine anybody being well, the either favorite Either him or Drake May, right? Or Those Drake probably May. probably two. Yeah, Drake May, who's at North Carolina. But is Drake a fre- isn't Drake May a, a freshman? He's a sophomore, I thought. Oh, he is. I, okay. It, I, it is also the thing, too, where next year's draft class is always better. Like, oh, that's every time. But Caleb Williams is going to be a prize, I would think, for someone if if, you know. Look, the kid could go back-to-back Heisman Trophy awards. And so he's going to be a prize for someone uh, in terms of, like, who wants to be at the top of the draft next year. Yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate the Bears being in that position. I hope not. I hope Justin's the answer. I, I would guess they wouldn't be. I hope. Uh, John's in Naperville. What's up, John? 
What's up, boys? What's going on? I just want to ask, uh, Yerk. Yeah. Um, have you watched any tape on Jalen Carter? Because I'm looking at like the stat sheets and all the other good stuff, and nothing really jumps off the page. Yeah. He had like four, four total tackles, this solo tackles this season, three sacks. Is is it just like he's just that strong and that big, or like what what is the big hype on him? Because uh, I don't see it. I really like Will Anderson coming out, and my big hope is that the Bears do trade back. Hopefully, like with the Colts or something, they can like swap like uh, first and uh, a clip. Clinton Nelson or something like that, mm. and then really just booster both sides of the both sides of the line. All right, how it usually think, happens? He's a five-star recruit coming out, then he ends up playing at Georgia, and he ends up becoming a stud defensive tackle there. Um, what do you do at the defensive tackle position? Misnamed, not necessarily there for tackles. Mm-mm. You're there for causing chaos. Now I don't know how many sacks he has. I'm watching uh, I some three this films year. against George and LSU where he beats the offensive lineman off the bat. Don't do it now. You, like tomorrow morning, maybe I'll, yeah, I'll put means, some tape no, on for you. No, do it. You got to do it over the weekend, and okay, you got well, to watch, watch it all. I'm, 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 you know, right now I'm just. That's why I'm talking about doing this when the regular season is okay. done, so I can. You're going to give you a report. I've in got the some so much focus on the post game. I know you do. With the exceptional football team that we have in Chicago, yes, that it's hard for me to go ahead and start looking at other things in the off season, John. I promise, at some point, we're going to do so much draft talk because let's face it, they're going to be picking hopefully first or yeah, second. Yeah, they're going to be picking up high. I mean, we're going to we've got weeks and weeks to do this, and I promise you, at some point, Yurko's going to give you a detailed breakdown, and maybe he'll watch the tape and he'll see what he saw in Aaron Donald. And Yurko called it that spring. He said, "This guy is a beast." I can tell you right he's now, he's not a, I can tell you right now, he's not Aaron Donald. No, I know. I mean, I, come on. I don't that, mean that. Doesn't, uh, but, 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 no, but, I'm just saying, even coming out, looking at but him. But you might watch him and see some things that make you go, yeah, explosive, in the backfield, disruptive, all those things that you want your three technique to do. You know, I said it to Sylvie last week, like, Ken, and I think actually uh, I've watched, uh, I focus a little bit more on their last couple games uh, before the playoff game. I thought the last couple weeks, um, Jalen Carter did look good. I thought it was the best he's looked all year. I thought he did look explosive. I thought he was in the backfield a lot. And I was saying to Sylvie, like, that's what the Bears have to try to find their Tommy Harris again. When Tommy was healthy, and unfortunately it was sort of brief, but when Tommy was healthy, that's what you're looking for. That's what you want. That quick, explosive three technique in the backfield disrupting the play. The play breaks down. And it was really, Tommy was the driving force behind that. And, when they and had Tank those Johnson people. played his good foil, too. That's very true. Tank could sit there and he could take it up. And, you know, they, it took the center on, the offset, and the, the guard. And Tommy was kind of allowed to be able to do what he needed to do. So it was like a perfect two-man combo they That's brought in That's very true. Here. I mean, but the guy that was really disruptive right. in that backfield. At the three technique. At that three technique position was Tommy. And, you know, they, they need that badly. And, I, yes, at some point... Yurko will take a more detailed look at Jalen Carter and look at the film a little bit. And, see and what, we see need to end on this note. What is it? What do you I got? I think we always should. Draft talk can start after discussing the improbable run of the Minnesota Vikings to the Super Bowl over the next month. Is that from Viking Scott? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got some nerve. Uh, you know, he, calls, he doesn't want to hear he about Jalen con- Carter. He calls complaining to me, to Sylvie and me last week about how we're disrespecting the Vikings and you guys this and that. Then he makes that bet with Sylvie. 
Yeah. I don't know what Sylvie gets out of it. I mean, if the Vikings, by miracle, by an act of God, and that's what it's going to take, go to the Super Bowl, he gets to come in and do the whole show with Sylvie one day. I don't know what Sylvie gets out of it. Well, he gets the company of uh, Viking Scott is what, uh, what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been on the golf course with him. Well, but, but, but that, that's Sylvie. What's the consolation? I'm saying if the Vikings don't it. make it, what does Sylvie get? The, uh, the, the, if the Vikings don't make yeah. it, he doesn't get anything. He doesn't get anything. Yeah. What kind of a bet was that? that it's Sylvie a win-win, made? though. If the, if the Minnesota Vikings do get it in, it's a win-win. Uh, then it's a win-win. Sylvie he gets, gets the, the company of them. Uh, PB, Pat Boyle from the hockey show with uh, yeah. Barstool Chief checked oh, in, sure. too. He said, don't forget, guys, even if the Hawks finish with the worst record, it's only one in four. And that's true. Yeah, yeah it's they, 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 at least the... Uh, you know, yeah, that you know, you don't have like a bead on the top right. spot of that lottery anymore. Right. That's a good point. It's one and four, but, tell but they Pe- won't drop below three with the right. worst record. I gotcha. guess is the point. So tell Peanut Butter that he's had to have been watching the World Junior Championships. I'd like a breakdown from. And Boyle. we need a breakdown from Boyle on the World Championships because that's the hockey I want to talk. Um, like who they could get, yes, and who they're going to trade their two guys that were tremendous. We'll be up in the rafters one day. But now have to bring assets back for the boys. And did Bedard have as good of a junior as like everybody was hoping? I mean, I don't know. I didn't yeah. watch the juniors this year either, at all. Either, either I just did didn't. I. Um, but I, did I, I, I would like to know. I have a life. Okay. <laughs> what? It's the World Junior Hockey Championship. Well, sometimes it's Who fun. Gives I just a I, I, I did not watch it. Thousand college football games. Or because yeah, nothing says pro, I mean, uh, uh, bowl games like two six and six teams battling it out. Boy, I can't wait to watch like the, that big Iowa Kentucky tilt. How about uh, Purdue? Boy, I tell you, what an effort they gave. Drew Brees, coach of the year. Who's the coach of the year? Jeff as long as you weren't New Jersey, for as that. long as you weren't New Jersey, yeah. they pulled off the bat. We joked about it. Me and yeah. who was it? it? Was me, Sylvie, and was it Tyler? I don't remember during. I can't remember who was in. Who's we, done a better job we in like, Indiana? How is Drew Brees? Saturday or <laughs> Drew Brees. What the hell's going on? How is on? Drew Brees the pitch man for points, bet, And he's on the sideline. Yeah. It makes no... Hey, listen. The NFL's in bed with everybody, too. What are we doing here? You get struck well, by lightning. You gonna, get some... Yeah, we're going to pretend get like... Perks. There's, there's no hypocrisy. Who's done a better job? Come Drew Brees or Jeff Saturday? Everybody's bringing, bringing their, their, their satchel. They're bringing their... Their their peach basket to the gambling companies and saying, please fill up my coffers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's all that's uh, happening. Tell me the Jeff Saturday thing hasn't worked out exactly like you knew it would. <laughs> and I mean exactly. Well, you were hoping for a little bit better. Really? That didn't happen. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. All right, so if uh, you're just getting out of a meeting or something, don't know the news, Justin Fields will not, will not play in Week 18. Matt Eberflus started his press conference earlier today with this. Justin Fields. All right, so Justin Fields uh, came in on Monday uh, morning um, with a sore hip. And he, you know, which many times happens to players, you know, they come in with uh, soreness that they didn't anticipate to be like that. And uh, so we, we sent him to get an MRI uh, on his hip, and he uh, that he had a strain in his hip. Um, so uh, he's not going to be at full speed this week, and the medical staff has ruled him out uh, for this week. Um, this is not a long-term injury, um, so just so we know that. Um, Nathan Peterman will be the starting quarterback. 
There you go. That's driving the line out. The Vikings minus eight. Uh, people are wondering if the eight Bears are in. involved in a little funny business right now um, because of this later exchange during the press conference between Eberflus and reporters. Justin was day to day with a separated shoulder early in the year. Is this in, why is this injury much more, that much more serious that he's out now? Yeah, it's just what the doctor said. That's what the doctor said it was. They said he strained his, his groin and, and he's not going to be able to go yeah. full speed by, yeah. by Sunday. So that's just where it is. Is it groin or hip or both? It's a, it's a, I'm sorry, it's hip. My bad. My bad. Eh, groin, hip, it's all the same. Eh. It's all connected to the eh. same. Look, could the Bears be uh, making this all up because they don't want to get pinched by the league for anything about tanking or that? I, I suppose they could be. Okay. Uh, so be I, it. I, I, I think he's hurt. I think, no, I think no, Justin's listen. hurt. Harm. They go to the, they go to the video evidence. They say, here he is, yeah, getting crunched. Look at him on the sideline. Here he is trying to adjust. I think he's no, hurt. He's not 100%. We're protecting our asset and our yeah. player as we move forward. That's what I think. Go away. Go I, away. I, I don't think there's any real funny business. And even if there were, so be it. Yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't matter. I don't think Justin don't should play think, this weekend. So, right. But they're not hard-pressed to be able to just tell people to go shut up. Yeah, the video evidence is there. Yeah. And he doesn't feel good. That's it. We're shutting him down. Yeah. Hey, can I play you one other thing real quick? It's not Bears-related, but uh, uh, the the White Sox officially introduced Aloy. Um, Aloy. Aloy. They officially introduced. Did they bring him in a big net like a salmon? <laughs> they officially introduced Andrew Benatendi. Andrew Benatendi, whom they've you know long sought. You know how the White Sox are, too. Yeah. When they find a player they like, doesn't yeah. matter. At some point, they're going to get that player. Exactly. They wanted Benatendi in the sale deal. The Red Sox had always said no. They wanted James Shields. Oh, Man, God. Alive. They always wanted Robbie Alomar. They finally got him. Yeah. You know, Kenny Williams always wanted Ken Griffey Jr. He got him when yeah. he was 38. Yeah. Um, so they finally got Benintendi, but it did lead to the question, does this effectively move Aloy to DH? Listen to Rick Hahn. I'll leave, uh, I think that's a better question for Pedro, uh, who will be available tomorrow, and he can explain to you sort of how, uh, what we've talked about in terms of Aloy's role going forward, as well as the, the conversations with Aloy. Uh, I will say, I, I still expect Aloy to be available and play some outfield. Uh, the positive, you know, if you want to take some positive uh, development out of his limited availability last year, was that Aloy showed that he could thrive in the DH spot offensively when that was his primary spot. Obviously, uh, a lot of players uh, we've seen over time takes a period of time to to adjust to that role, and Aloy certainly showed that he's able to produce as a, as a primary DH. Again, that said, I still think there's going to be some opportunities along the way for him to play in the outfit. But that's the best, uh, better question for the manager about how he's going to deploy the roster once once he's available. They're basically telling you what they're thinking and what they're going to do here. And uh, I think it's one of the good decisions the White Sox are making this offseason. If you remember when the season ended, it was one of the things I said to you right away. They've got to find a way to make Aloy Jimenez a full-time DH. He's a little bit injury pl- prone. He's a yep. little careless out there. He's yes, not he a very is. good defensive player. No, he's they not. just added a player that is good defensively. I'd say a little bit above average. Andrew Benintendi has been a good corner outfielder. Uh, certainly much more capable than Aloy. I think you need to do everything you can to make sure he's healthy because his bat does play. Uh, Aloy's season, Yurko, and now it was only half a season. It was only 84 games, but 295, 358, 500. That's the slash line. An OPS plus of 140. That's a that's a good offense. That's a really good. That's better than good. 
Can he do that over a full season if he stays healthy? I think so. Now, when Rick Hahn says he proved that he can do it as a full-time DH, or at least as a, he didn't say full-time, as a primary DH, he did play more games in the DH role than he did in the outfield. But you know what? His splits last year and for his career are still considerably better when he plays the outfield. So I do think they have to get him to a point where he's accepting of it and he can find a way to mentally and physically prepare. Talk to Frank. Well, that's not bad. Or a talk guy like Frank. Jim Tomey or yeah. Edgar Martinez. Talk, yeah, talk to talk Jim. To those talk guys. to Frank. Yeah. I, I'm just saying Frank's here. Frank's in Chicago, right? Frank does the postgame show with us. Yeah, and Jim, Jim's here. I mean, it's Jim, he? he's coaching he's baseball here. And, Where's he at? No, no, his son plays baseball at, uh, at NAS, I believe, or is going to oh, be playing okay. baseball at NAS. Jim's around. All right. And so I think you bring up an excellent point. Talk to those guys because he needs to transition into a much more full-time DH role. His splits are better when he plays the field. That's the case for most players. They want to play. I get it. The White Sox need to protect Aloy Jimenez. And it was one of the things I said to you right when the season ended. They need to get him out of left field. And I think they're doing that. And if you remember, I also uh, told you, Ben Intendi's going to make some sense for them. They love him. And we know how much they, once they covet a guy, they'll do anything they can to get him. But he does make sense. Uh, last season, well, forget about even just last season. Just the career splits are good for Ben Intendi. He's a lefty. The White Sox don't hit right-handed pitching all that well. Uh, 286, 358, 451 for an 808 OPS against righties for Andrew Benintendi. They need something like that. I'll give you the White Sox uh, splits here the last two years, Yerk. This is versus left-handed pitching first, then versus right-handed pitching. We know they kill lefties, right? Predominantly right-handed. They pummeled them the last couple of years. They, I mean, I don't even have the 2020 data in here. The truncated well, they really, team. yeah. They annihilated lefties. Are you kidding me? Versus lefties the last two seasons, York. All of baseball. 30 teams. White Sox. First in on-base percentage. Third in weighted runs created plus. Ninth in isolated power. Versus right-handed batting in that same time span. Ninth in on-base percentage. 14th in weighted runs created plus. And a big drop in the power numbers. All the way down to 26th in your isolated power numbers. Those splits were even more dramatic if you take out the 2021 campaign. I mean, last year, it was really evident, and it was really a a problem. So adding a bat, if he can stay healthy and come off the wrist injury healthy, adding a bat like Benintendi does make sense. I've still been completely underwhelmed by the White Sox offseason. I don't know how anybody can't be. I I do think Benintendi's a good addition. I wish they would have done more. That's... That's all I can say, and I'll probably repeat that a few times during the you know the rest uh, over, of the offseason. Over and over but, again, yeah. But I think he does help, and he checks some boxes for them, so I'm still disappointed. Yeah, the Cleveland Guardians are still out there. Uh, yeah, they're out there. They're still out there. There's a lot of teams out there. A lot of teams that spent some money this year. White Sox weren't one of them, my friend. They can, they'll probably brag about the Benintendi. Oh, we spent Whoa. $75 million. It's wow. more than we've ever spent. $15 million this year. That's mm. what they spent this year. Yeah. We've and never spent seventy five million. They're still trying to get rid of Liam Hendricks. I think that's going to be like the Kimbrel thing. Are they going to go all the way down to the wire trying to get rid of Liam Hendricks? I don't know. I wouldn't just totally give up on Liam though without a sweet package in return. Look, the Kimbrel thing—you had no choice. Didn't thrive in that role. It, you know, I don't know. I'd be careful with Hendricks. Uh, we got a few more minutes. We can grab some calls, and we're going to cross talk in about fifteen with Waddle and Sylvie. Three one two three three two three seven seven six for Carmen and York. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. 
Hey, I got a quick breakdown from PB. We asked, we got it. Yeah, yeah. What's peanut um, butter? Right, here's from Boyle. Bedard has been better than advertised in the juniors. Absolutely brilliant. Historic numbers. US v Canada today, 530 NHL Network in the semis. Come on, you got to put that on for a little bit this what, afternoon. Today, what time? 530 semis of the World Juniors, well, US versus Canada. Where are they playing? I don't know where they are this yeah, year. I'll find out. Boyle says Bedard has been better than advertised. Then he sent me a link. Uh, Carm, his game-winning goal in OT on Monday. And, Yurk, it's filthy. Is it? The kid can play. I, I You know, and I've only watched b- bits and pieces. You know, YouTube highlights can be deceiving sometimes. You're seeing the best of the best. And a kid like this that's such a, a, a prodigious talent is going to, you know, he's going to shine, obviously. Uh, so it looks I, like the, I've never watched like a full game of his. I'm going to try to watch the whole. Okay, I'll try to watch you. as much as I can to watch today. But today too, Boyle so says Bedard idea. has been better than advertised right. and that this is good what the Hawks are doing. So Connor Bedard, number one, supposed to go out of Regina. <laughs> good for I him. Think it's Regina. Good. Well, not surprised. You know who I thought was the hottest? Gina. Yeah. But hold on. Second, a Canadian out of Michigan, Adam, one of your people, Fantilli. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I believe he's uh, pretty yeah. good, actually. Then you got Leo Carlson's third. So it'd be one of those three guys. He's a Swede. Of course. Well, you need a Swede. 6'3", so. 194. Remember we tried a bunch of Swedes at the blue line, though? What, we had, what are you talking about? They had great Swedes. Nicholas Jomberson didn't do it for you? No, I'm talking about the other group. Johnny Oduya didn't do it Remember for you? Remember the guy that was 6'9"? That the came Swede in here. that was 6'9". Six, six, Big tall kid. Victor Hedman. Not a headbird. I wish. Victor yeah. Hedman. I thought oh. you were going to say Victor Hedman. I was like, yeah. I wish they no, had No, we Victor. had a couple goofballs at the blue line. Well, they've had a lot of goofballs. We, but had I mean, play, we had all the bad Swedes. No, we stop got it. after Johnny Odoya. They had Odoya and Jalmerson. Are you kidding? Johnny, I hardly the knew The hammer you. was phenomenal. Yeah, until they had to get rid of him. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they had to. No, they did. Uh, they had to. Nick Letty, they had to get rid of him. <laughs> They're up against the cap, Carm. Well, with Letty, maybe. I don't think they had to get rid of Jalmerson. James is in Oswego on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, gentlemen. Good what? afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, What's I up? Wanted, I wanted to ask you a question as a former player, just to get into the mindset. So since Fields was so close to breaking that record for Lamar Jackson, my question, I guess, is, is he upset that he's not going to get to play and try to break it, or does he not care? Good question, just, James. What do you think, Eric? I, I don't know if that's a record a quarterback really cares about having. I'll be honest. I'll yeah. be honest with you. I think it's a fair question. My guess, and this is just strictly a guess, would be it's been a long, trying year for Justin Fields. He's beat half to hell physically and mentally, and I don't think he minds not going for that record this weekend. Yeah. I think he's hurt. Yeah. I don't I, think he minds. And whenever you talk about Bobby Douglas, you say, oh, he's the guy that couldn't throw ahead to run. That's, the, that's the, what you remembered about him. You know, Michael Vick wasn't a renowned passer. Not at all. No. But not he, was, at all. he was good enough with, with the Falcons and then with the Philadelphia Eagles when Andy Eagles. took a flyer on him. A little bit with the Eagles. No, he became a lot better. The older he got and the less he could move, That's the better true. he got. Yeah. I, I was never the world's biggest Michael Vick fan. He could throw know. it out of the gym, though, couldn't he? He could. Yeah. Um what do you think Michael Vick's career quarterback rating was? Michael Vick's career, career quarterback rating was 84. 80. I'm in the neighborhood. I mean, it's really bad. Right. It's like, what's Jay Cutler's, 85? 85, 86. Right like in the same neighborhood. 80's really bad. One, one, but Jay Cutler was more of a passer than he was ever a runner, right? Yeah. I, I think people propped up Michael Vick because he was such an electrifying athlete, especially back then. Like, and he was fun. Don't get me wrong. He was video game fun, but 
I, I don't know. I, I was I never thought much of Michael Vick as a quarterback ever. Um, somehow he sneaked in four Pro Bowls again just because he was a runner. Right, well, Michael Vick completed. Let's... You ready? And he, granted, he did play in a little bit of a different era because he he started his career in the early 2000s. Michael Vick's career completion percentage was fifty six percent. Fifty six percent. Failed to have a two to one touchdown interception ratio. A career quarterback rating of 80. And we don't really like QBR that much, but never had a QBR over 65. I, I don't know. I just, I, to me, Michael Vick as a quarterback was never really a thing, but okay. He did win 61 games. He went 61, I, I think, 51, I think and one. The point is, this is a record a quarterback doesn't really brag I, and about. And I think that, and that's why I guess I'm bringing it up. It's not something you like, throw on the resume. It, it's not so, hey, well, look how good I can run. Yeah. Well, we're looking for a pass for If you, Justin man. Fields is like, if you were yeah. like, oh, he's going to be as good as Michael Vick, I'd be like, uh oh. I'm hoping like, that's a yeah. problem. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's a problem. I'm hoping this running thing is a little bit of a blip. Like 12 years from now, when we look back, yes. I remember, remember how he, when he couldn't throw, he ran all the time? Yes. So I'm with you. And when I say couldn't throw, that comes with a caveat with the amount of talent that there is on this team. Yes. I get it. Yeah. You can't throw for a number of different reasons. Yes. So I'm, I'm right? with you 100%. On yes. That. Connor Bernard, Carm Regina. <laughs> are we still? <laughs> are we still going? Is that the, where we all come from? I think so. Regina, Canada. Yeah, so beautiful. Aren't we still? Uh, are we still using the tank hard for Bedard? I think that's. I, I think we're there. Hard for Bedard. I think we're there. That's it, man. We have done it. Good for us. Uh, set your DVRs for five What's thirty today. Hockey Channel, NHL Network. Is it still on World the NHL G- Network? Yeah, that's what PB said. They haven't uh, World- taken it off the air yet. No, stop it. World Juniors, semifinals, U.S., Canada, and Blackhawk fans, get a look at Connor Bedard. They're tanking hard for Bedard. Crosstalk is next. Matt Eberflus has the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. On Carmen and Yuriko. Yeah, it's just what the doctor said. That's what the doctor said it was. They said he strained his, his groin and, and he's not going to be able to go full speed by, by Sunday. So that's just where it is. Was it groin or hip or both? It's a, it's a, I'm sorry, it's hip. My, my bad.